say, really? You're going to say that? You got bread out here? You're a valuable member of society, valuable member of everything you do in life. Don't you it take does. that This is Don't my nap time. Short. Well, glad we can wake is you up really from your nap. Welcome I back wish. to our episode of the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of whiskey in the title whatsoever. We are here live from my apartment in Chicago where I am live by myself, but I'm joined by two lovely gentlemen on what the internet has given us, which is socialization in a social distancing program, which makes no sense. I think we should call it physical distancing because I'm still socializing. How about you? No? Physical distancing, is, that, that actually Talk, makes sense. I'm talking to you listeners, all one listener of the podcast. <laughs> This is where we're here to break down the last dance, the last tango, the final episodes of uh, Michael Jordan and his crew. But I haven't watched it yet, so don't no spoilers. What? So, so we're not actually breaking it, it down. Um, Wilson Ramon oh. Torres has let us all down. So uh, if you came here for the Bulls documentary <laughs> breakdown, I'm sorry to let you down once again. But big shout out to my landlord who just told me today he bought two bottles of Star Wars whiskey because of this podcast. Didn't know he knew I had a podcast. Didn't know I didn't know he knew I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't know that he knew that I worked for a whiskey distillery. But now he now I do know and uh, big fan, big fan of that Star Wars. But as always, sometimes you never know in the whole COVID environment. And as we're all on quarantine, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host giggling his way through this intro Wilson Ramon Torres, all the way up hey, from the world. north side of Chicago. <laughs> hey, young world. Young world, young world. Lovely. Young Lovely. World. Still has those chops. I love, and, the, I love that song. I've always loved that and, song. Uh, might as well. You might as well love it. Better get used to it. Better get used to listening <laughs> it over my, through my microphone. And all the way, about an hour and 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes. Right now, let's call it 48-minute drive. West of us of Chicago is the one and only Brett Bauer of Sycamore Spirit. Good Double afternoon. B. What's going on? Double B well, in the house. Once I would say again. welcome, Brett, to the podcast, but welcome, Panda. Uh, I just noticed that you. <laughs> yeah, I was due for a change. I needed to mix that. He's wearing a Sagamore shirt, if you can notice. That's actually uh, uh, oh, yeah. our guy. Uh, yeah, our guy in San Francisco is actually Nick Jones. It's not me. Oh. But. Um, Fraud, you know, you're fraud. I, I hadn't told anyone to this point, but the first to know, we're breaking news here at Keying the Lake that that is not me. That is Nick Jones. In your uh, Instagram at, Yeah, in my Instagram, at Maltzby's Jones. It's actually his body, but I thought it was subtle enough Sagamore. Uh, the other his thing was a body, picture. I, my body. The other, was uh, what yeah, I had before was a was picture I actually took on my honeymoon in 07 uh, in Cannes, France, uh, in the French Mediterranean. There's, I, I actually oh, took the picture. Like, uh, when it, the, I have it framed at home, and unfortunately, some of the rocks have graffiti on it, but otherwise, it looks. I got lucky, and not the photographer Jake is, but I used to have a. I was at a club at one point and oh, still nice. have an eye for it every once in a while, and just turned out to be a lucky picture that I've used for a lot of things. Nice. But I suck, I suck at photography. Better than me. There but now we can't talk better than me, Jake. Now we can't go over the big, you know, the big twist with the flu game. We'll have to save that for later. You know, no, you know, you can go through it because <laughs> I'll watch it after dinner. I mean, that's our plan is to watch it after dinner. Oh, um, so you haven't, you haven't so. lost the last two episodes. I have. Yeah. Oh, I so you're up. Okay. I thought you meant you had to watch any of the documentary series. No, no, no. I've watched it all up until last night until we, you know, we just went to bed early. So we never went, we never got to watch it. So, ah, okay. 
yeah. So, but I'm I'm game to talk about it, you know. So, oh, because I'll forget I, spoilers if there is one. <laughs> well, just I mean, you might have heard this rumor too. I've heard rumors about this. It wasn't the flu game. It was the food poisoning game of the '97 food final poisoning game. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were out. They were out. They were outside of Salt Lake. Like, apparently, five guys delivered the pizza. It was the only place open. Right. They clearly knew who it was going to. Um, so it's pretty suspicious to begin with. And then the reason only Jordan ate it was he was mad. His crew oh. ate it. Um, this guy, this on Dan Patrick today, actually, that yeah. um, was mad. His crew ate without him. So he spit on every piece. <laughs> so Get nobody. the shit out yeah, of So he's the only one that ate any of it. And then the only one that subsequently got food poisoning. To break that down from last night, from beef, um, pre-Dan Patrick show interview with Jason Ayer, the documentary um, director, First, what trainer lets their machine of an athlete eat pizza at 1030 at night during the NBA finals? Cause his, his trainer was with him. And then if they were staying out that far and ordering yeah. a pizza, why would five guys ever deliver a pizza when there's probably only like two guys working at the top at the shop anyway, if you're on the outsk- outskirts of Salt Lake city three, who the hell would let five guys up there with all the security he had? I mean, sure. They could have figured out like whatever guy ordered the pizza to say like, yeah, yeah. I'm ordering, I'm, I'm ordering it for Randy, Randy Jackson or whatever your name is. Your false name is going to be, they would never, I mean, I mean, guy at the front desk could say, Hey, it's just actually Michael Jordan's room, but, and it's possible, but the whole then, story has a lot of holes in it. And then four, isn't five guys known for cheeseburgers? Well, that's what happened after they uh, made this delivery. <laughs> it became the Five Guys cheeseburger delivery and delicious French fries service. Uh, <laughs> no one, yeah. got yeah. it. They're like, we need to stop doing this and put a bunch of ba- uh, fries in a brown paper bag, and that's how we're going to make all of our money. Makes sense. Makes sense. Those fries, though, when you're having a, a long night of drinking, they're some of the best things you can possibly have. So, so speaking of um, Star Wars, did you do your Whiskeys of the World event week, focus week? Yeah, we did it two weeks ago, I think. We did a okay. second one to go for it, yeah. Um, what was your waiting. prizes? Uh, like a little gift pack, like a t-shirts, hats, and um, like a tote bag, some pins. Not a trip and to it, the distillery? No. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, we got a gift card to Total Wine as well. Oh, okay, cool. Did you guys yeah. get your, your finalists yet? Your, we oh, did. Um, <laughs> I was emailed the two finalists with a link to show from the company. So, hey, these are the two winners. What do you think? And uh, one of the winners didn't have a link attached to him. So I have only seen one of two winter, two winners so far. Okay. <laughs> but, I, uh, uh, another thing with going down, if that was the case, it would suck if it were because Australia has implemented a, um, a quarantine. They've been doing this already during uh, during entering the country during the pandemic. But so at the rest of 2020, once you go into the country, you have to enter into a 14 day, uh, pande- uh, quarantine that is very much enforced by the government. They basically walk you from the plane and drive you to a hotel where you sit there for 14 days and you get three meals a day you can't go outside of the hotel. I don't know if you can go outside the hotel room. I had a f- potential, uh, employee or f- fellow employee who was going to be our brand ambassador in California who's actually from Melbourne. Um, but he works out in California. He's going to do become our brand ambassador in California, but he had to go home to get his visa changed. And him and his wife are basically escorted off the plane and put in the quarantine oh, for 14 shit. days in a hotel. So, wow. yeah. But, but the government pays for the hotel room. 
I guess so. That's what I've been led to believe. But so we've like we've canceled like all trips to there um, as a company and everything like that for the rest of the year. Even do I get like? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was just asking if I would get loyalty points. I mean, fourteen nights. That's I might go. I might go down <laughs> there. Yeah, right. <laughs> with, with cheap flights, that might be worth it. Mm-hmm. Get all those miles so. for the. I don't think Southwest makes it to Australia, but I can get that out to LA mm-hmm. and then go from there. I'll lend you some Delta points. All right, perfect. <laughs> I'm to make that trip. I'm going to look into that. Last year when I flew out there, um, Delta like didn't give me my points for it was almost like three months, and I called multiple times asking like, "Hey, why am I getting this?" And so when they eventually gave me the fifteen, sixteen thousand miles for it, they doubled it because they felt bad. And I was like, "Oh, it's an instant next status." <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's where you know you're pointing to places like Australia, New Zealand, South Korea about like you know really eliminating the virus or trying to eliminate the virus first of all, which is impossible because it's a virus. Um, so, you know, let's check that math out before we get too far into it, but they don't have the, the countries there don't have the civil, civil liberties that we are used to enjoying here in the United States. You know, you can put a quarantine into effect for a month or you can't leave the house, but as Americans, we're, uh, we're pretty caught up on our laws and enjoy our freedoms and such that other countries, most countries around the world don't have, you can look at that as a platform um, to build a diagram from, but not completely adopt, in my opinion. Well, I mean, I, I guess we, we are very accustomed to us having our civil liberties and whatnot, but I think what we are um, missing is the consideration for others. Because um, when we act on our civil liberties, we're acting for ourselves. Um I think we yeah. only pause to think about someone else, you know, if it you directly did harm and or were approached by that one individual or, or a group of individuals, you know, and then, of course, you know, I can escalate right. from there. But I think what we're missing is the actually having consideration from one another during this whole thing and, and going about it as we're asked to, you know. Um, a lot could be said, you know, aside from just this whole thing, you know, this whole pandemic, but like even parking you know, or even like standing in line at the grocery store, people are not being considered towards one another. You know, they're just, <laughs> it's just like, oh, I, I was here first or they're just, rest. I don't know. I mean, there's just, we can go on and on about that, but I think that's, we're just, we're missing out on, you know, consideration and humility, you know, for most part during this whole thing. Once we're outside our house, it's like a free fucking for all. I mean, you know. Hey. It's, it's, yes and no. I mean, I don't know. People are still, I would say, you know, I think the whole avoiding each other on the sidewalk is stupid. Whenever someone does that to me, I just start whistling in their direction. So my germs get caught on them. <laughs> but um, it, it's, I think people are, the reason why we see that at the grocery store now, because the first day of the quarantine, we went to the grocery store and people were, people were not panicked, but they're definitely excitable. But now it's just like, mm-hmm. people just have no time. They're like, just get out of my way. And I think a lot of that has to do because everyone's so caught up in um just being from being inside and everything is just it's like your explosion to your release when you go to the grocery store because you're maybe your one visit for some people who don't have dogs or aren't taking walks and not being healthy in that sense you know like this is my one visit outside of my apartment or my house for the week you know, speaking of missing I, I was actually at the market earlier today and I like out of habit the three of us i'm sure do this when we go into any store that has a liquor section you go and see what's up you know, um, and I did that today. I, I mean, I went to a couple of bitties, you know, for, you know, to check in, um, and so on and so forth. But then on the way home, I stopped at a market 
and to see that area and there's no one in there. I mean, to a point where the spirit manager or, or specialty manager, as they're called at this particular um, store, is, um, have, their aisles have been reduced. Um, oh, wow. only, they're only there for delivery day and some, and then, you know, like their 40 to 50 hours have been slashed, but they're definitely there on their delivery day, you know, and they're only bringing in, uh, beer, wine, and what spirits have been, uh, depleted. And a lot of it, it's just, you know, your basic, you know, your, your larger brands and whatnot. Um, that being said, you know, Brett, how are you guys handling in your region, this, call it slowdown, you know, cause one of the things I keep forgetting, I, I you know, you can also touch on this too, is I, I don't know if you guys consider yourselves crafts or you guys considered a more of a larger brand or, um, I, you know, we probably are currently in, well, before this, we were hoping to break through that craft and, and into that more mainstream. Okay. Um, yeah. You, know, so long, I, I, you had touched on that at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, long, long, no, it was a long way to go to, to be up there with the big boys, but you know, trying to, 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 to move that way. And, um, you know, I was you know, thinking about coming on and was going to maybe connect with Jake over the weekend, just thinking about the industry. What's blowing my mind is, is how you have two different sides of there's such, there's, there just seems to be no middle, like on-premise are, is just dead, right? There maybe is a few that are doing enough takeout to, to keep up, but then off-premise is booming. But then in, in the off-premise, it's all those name brand national brands or a lot of the smaller brands are, are, are really struggling. And it's just, it's so weird to me how there's so little in the middle. It's, it seems to be one or the other. one or the other in so many different aspects of this whole thing. And for us, you know, a lot of our business was on-premise, especially in, in Chicago and, and bigger markets where we have, you know, key account managers and people focusing to get that trial, you know, and yeah. then doing demos. So, um, you know, not having demos and not having on-premises is, has made an impact, especially as you get further and further away from Baltimore. Uh, as I'm sure you guys have seen, you know, less events and shifting yeah. the focus, you know, to the digital space. You know, I think there's a lot of mid-tier people, um, you know, with Texas is a good example where not a really big um, internet digital landscape or, or footprint. And now they're being forced to maybe engage a little bit more in that that arena. You know, I think there's a lot of mid-tier independence here where, yeah, I got a website, but I don't really ever pay any, you know, any mind yeah. to it. Where now it's like, hey, this is going to be part of your business now. Like people are mm-hmm. going to, do an order, walk up, and, and have you run it out to them. You need to get yeah. better at it. So engaging with them, you know, with some assets and, and just – and, you know, definitely shifting to the off-premise and then just trying to figure out where it's going to be. You know, we our off-premise penetration in, in Illinois in particular wasn't very deep. It was when we first launched, um, but then it was shallow just because I had gotten stretched a little thin. And um, Jessica's, you know, focus is definitely more on the on-premise. So it's just – visiting those accounts and figuring where we can bring, you know, value and, and help them, you know, get, get through product or promote product. And, mm-hmm. and then trying to talk to the consumer, you know, doing a lot of zooms and, you know, I'm doing a couple of things with um, someone I think that was on that barrel pick in Indiana trip that we were just talking about. Um, mm-hmm. Just awareness, you know, it, it, you know, a lot of, we were really getting to the point to where the awareness was, I think higher than it had ever been and starting to convert to trial. And then this yeah. thing hit. And and I yeah. I don't think we've come all the way back, but now just a few steps back, and I'm just gonna go back up that hill. And more and more, mm-hmm. you know, pre this is oh I've heard of that, I, I gotta get it, I'm gonna get it next time. And mm-hmm. now I'm still here, and I just saw a post the other day somewhere on you know Instagram where it's like hearing a lot about Sagamore lately. Where you know which one should I try <laughs> first? And 
So the message is getting out there and, and it'd be a lot easier if I could then say, here, try this. And hey, I've heard of it. I've seen it. No, I'm trying yeah. it. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. Um, so it's trying to find ways to, to what's the new, what, what's going to be the new thing to convert people. And yeah. I wish no, I had, I'm sorry, go on. I was say I don't I I don't have I have lots of speculation but really no answers because until Texas lived last week really you know nothing's really quite opened up yet. Mm-hmm. You now, know, even go ahead. That digital message that you were talking about now is it consistent across you know your your all your markets that you're available in or is it uh, is it just you know spotty? What we're providing and trying to get communicated from starts with us is very consistent brand consistency is you know very important lots of studies that show you there's a great tito study where a certain percentage bought because the message was consistent throughout and then a pretty impressive percentage didn't because it wasn't consistent um so we try to but it gets it's you know one thing that's so fun about our business is it's case by case too you know it's every coals looks the same depending on square footage across the country right and you either have You know, this big of a men's section and this display and that display. Not even every Binnie's looks the same or every Total Wine looks yeah. the same. So right. we're delivering a lot of the same assets and, and the same messaging, but how it's getting implemented is is different. It seems with every account. Is it then? Does that come from each of like each of you as district? You know, or I apologize to mess up your your title, but you being one of the managers of of a regional set of states. Does that come from you or is it based, is it just put on all your brand ambassadors or just people out of, you know, Baltimore to, to do? It starts with, it starts with Baltimore and marketing okay. and then kind of input from sales. And then, you know, what's fun about being a company our size is, you know, sales and marketing work very closely together. You know, when you work with some bigger companies, you kind of get handed a marketing deck and no one yeah. asks, hey, is this even legal in Chicago or right, right, how you right. want to spend your money? It's like, nope, here's 120 slides and here's how you're spending your money and, and have fun. Um, so very collaborative, you know, starts with their direction and bigger picture and then narrowing it down and then down to the individual cams, um, you know, and their relationships and, and how they're going to deliver it. So it, it it's kind of a top down, but with input from the bottom, sort of all in approach. And, and again, then great idea just might not work on somebody's platform, but let's let's riff on it and make it fit in my platform. Um, and then and then it gets deployed. And, and so far where we've had gotcha. where we've done it, it's been successful. So are you adjusting? I was, always, I was curious about that. I'm sorry, go on. I was going to say, are you adjusting to the individual markets when it comes to the social media? Uh, not necessarily social, more digital, more websites. Yeah. And, you know, that's the oh, one thing okay. too. Like, you know, I, I wish we could have a stack of more social media for people from Maryland and then one for everybody else, much like Wilson probably might think for Kansas City, just because it's such a different brand and there's such mm-hmm. a different yeah. – uh, you know, it's such a different market, and and you know, some of our ownership has means a lot more there, and um, where than than it would like out here. Um, so the social media stays very consistent, and, and from a global, from a national perspective, and and you know, definitely heavily skewed to the Mid Atlantic. So we we have to you know, start with that messaging and then go from there. But then as we get away, I think it gets very individual, individualistic and, and we can cater to some things. And I mean, as you guys know, in some markets, you know, the laws are just different right now. You know, Denver is the wild, wild west. Chicago, <laughs> we can't do cocktails to go. So, yeah. you know, some markets are like, hey, we need something. So we did these pouches. The other ones, you know, we can't do that. What We made kits. Um, right. You know, something else. I think it was Denver where it's like, well, pouches won't work because they're not green enough, you know, I forget the reasoning. So we came up with cocktail cups. <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. so it, it, it all stays within the same 
guardrails, and then you kind of yeah. everyone drives over the road as needed. Um, right. And then yeah. social, and we what, try to stay consistent. That's the advantage of us smaller brands, though, is that we can actually adjust because we don't have to go through all those corporate loopholes where someone's like, yeah. well, let's build a program out for the net for the whole national digital platform, and then the individual market managers ask, well. It's different here, but it's like we don't have the time or resources to do all that because our brand's so big. Where yeah. we are, we're small. We can literally email or just text our marketing guy, be like, "Hey, uh, let's do this for this area." Okay, cool. Do you have do you have assets we can build? Let's build them real quick. But yeah. also, the cost behind those assets are also a factor too. Us, you know, true. I don't know what we have really as far as dollar amounts to, to do so, but one million dollars. Yeah. If that were the case. <laughs> Each of you would have the same background that I would have. Probably. <laughs> it's, you know, it's to go back to you though. The reason why I ask is I, I always find Sagamore. Um, I've learned a lot from you and the, the times that we've been able to talk and I, and then follow you and follow, you know, and just being able to talk with you and spend time with you. One of the things that, I often wonder, I was like, what's really cool about Sagamore, aside from the brand, is what's behind the brand and who, you know, that you have the Under Armour, um, uh, I guess you could say, mystique behind it in a sense. But I often wondered if they're taking that same business model and applying it to spirits because I see such a... uh, I guess you could say mirroring of, of the approach when it comes to digital media and when it comes to marketing. So I'm wondering, that's why I ask, you know, if it's consistent all the way across or is it up to you guys based on your markets that you cover and so on and so forth, which also Jake touched on. So I wasn't sure if there is that same business model behind that. Yeah. I mean, I think you got a lot of similar people involved. Um, so you're okay. going to see some stuff that's the same and, and, and it worked very well and different yeah. animals and totally different, arenas and and mm-hmm. um challenges etc you know in from sporting goods to, to adult beverage but i right. do think you'll see a lot of the the best yeah yeah totally one yeah. size fits there you know, yeah <laughs> we can't have so, kids in our media so, pictures so similar what? i love that Seth. did you see that snl skit let kids drink yeah, no. oh, you Google it. It's, it was from the last episode, or the last the season finale of this year. But so I think you know some of the best practices are probably definitely shared. Um, at the same okay. point, you know, it's Under Armour is a publicly traded company that um, does its own thing and has has different responsibilities and, and different stakeholders to answer to than than we ha- than we do, um, and we're vastly smaller. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do think, you know, some of those best practices and those learnings you're going to see just as, as you took the things that worked best at your last job and, and, and that I've done at my last thing that, that we're going to re- repeat yeah. and and do this and do the same, you know, yeah. in our new roles. So, um, yeah. but, but yeah, there's some similarities for sure. I think it'd be hard to avoid it. Um, yeah. yeah. Stuff, Brian too, with his background and then coming out there to help. Yeah. Company. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. So yeah, just it's it's just really cool to see what works and doesn't work, because um, I you know with us, one of the things that I tr- you know well not only us but what I see and when it comes to uh, craft brands is that we all approach it differently, um, but we all really depend on that one real consistent you know um, platform and that's word of mouth, you yep. know where you know it's like you can have the shiniest fucking bottle and you can have the best fucking you know mailers or whatnot but that word of mouth it's it's not there 
you know, it's, it's not going to get picked up, but even this time around, like, how do we keep, one of the things I keep bouncing around in my head is like, how do we keep that word of mouth going even when we're not buying? Yeah. Well, and, and when it's such a challenge to get liquid, we put it on like a, a wish, wish list, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, hit, you know, liquid to lips. I, I get it, but you know, that's yeah. not a fact now, you know, we, well, we can't what, count on that. We don't know even know when we'd be able to count on that anymore. Oh, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the ultimate cha- added challenge now is yeah. you could fix that by standing in a store on a Friday night, you know what I mean? And you and go For from sure. liquid to lips leading and reinforcing that word of word of mouth. And, and now it's, it's it's a great question and, and something that I've been challenging myself with trying to figure it out, you know, every day. You know, just how do we keep it going? How do we keep that momentum going? How now I don't have liquid to lips. I can't go into a bar and buy four people a drink, hoping one of them makes it to the store. Um yeah. and it's tricky for us at, at the size we are too, because that's word of mouth is super strong. I I have eighty percent more valuable than traditional spending or something like that. I remember from grad school. Um yeah. and that's you know. I'll tell you, I've I've been doing more Zooms and and Skypes and and more engaged on social media than I've ever been. Um, just for that purpose is you know you do Brian did Skype with you guys and Key in the mm-hmm. Lake and we've done it with USBGs and we've done it with customers and and different groups. Um, and just hoping that's enough to you know keep keep it going and and then that someone in there is a trusted source that okay if if USBG is hosting Sagamore, I bet there's something to them. That's a pretty good endorsement. I'm going to buy a bottle the next time I'm out. I agree. agree. Or you just keep copying me whatever I do and you're at one of my coattails. (laughs) (laughs) See, it turns out that Brett and I have a similar plan to all of this. I know. It's been very serendipitous. Getting getting with very very much of the same people and (laughs) planning events over online interaction that way. (laughs) That's okay. That's okay. We're just talking to smart people. There you go. Yeah, we're, yeah. I, mean, I, I think that means I, we're in the right well, direction. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I remember the first conversation that we had in the podcast together. I was kind of going toward this online platform of building relationships that way because of the podcast, um, but talking more about our individual brands. So the start word, I was like, well, I think there's something here with it. And one of the biggest things that stood out from our first conversation on an episode, something back in the day, um, was that you wanted to start building, like how much is it going to take to build the online program versus like in the bar sitting down with people and how we're shifting and changing to that whole experience. And now like, you know, a few, like what, eight months later, we're literally in that situation where we don't have the bar and we only have online to actually socialize and interact with people that could be our customers or our potential customers to us. And now it's all about like, what's, how many assets can we build? How many things can we get out in an individual week? Can we actually have cocktails to go or at least some kind of packet to go? You know, with us, we did some like makeshift Mother's Day thing for uh, at Fountainhead. It was just like yeah. whatever uh, we can do possibly just to like make things make us stand out a little bit differently. And I heard one guy, one guy DM me and said, I bought a, I bought a thing at, at Fountainhead. I'm like, all right, I guess it worked. You know, like <laughs> it's one thing and one thing, I mean, one, one, thing. one person buying your pat, your uh, bundle yeah. is an accomplishment. Like, it hits really right to the heart. You know, you're like, all right, yeah. great. Or even like I said, my landlord who bought two bottles of whiskey somehow from like, you know, seeing probably just my email address and uh, my tag at the end was like, oh, what's the Star Wars thing? We'll check it out. And 
you know, it, word of mouth is such a huge thing, but when we're losing that whole business of, you know, whatever it is between 30 to 60% of our business when it comes to on-premise of individual brands and people are like, well, alcohol sales must be doing great because I saw that um, off-prem sales, they don't even know what off-prem means, but they just read <laughs> it in an article and say off-prem sales went up 50%. Well, that's because the bars are gone. That's partially a lot of it. And then you break it down to the individual stats, the micro analysis of it all. The comfort brands are doing really great. Um, oh, for just, me. Sorry, that's outside my window. Sorry about that. <laughs> Don't tell where I'm at. That's the part of town Wilson lives in. Just gives you an idea, folks. <laughs> <laughs> the rough. Are you in Rogers Park tonight? Yeah. Ba- based on the um, the flowery and colorful background, oh. I was assuming you were not at your apartment. But maybe the at your lady friend. Yeah, the jungle behind me. Yeah. Floral designs. Um, but no, it's like it, we. And I think we've. I think we've talked about this in the podcast before, where I said, "Well, we're going to stop laboring on the fact that comfort brands are doing great." Where we have to step in and say, "Where are we going to be ourselves as smaller brands when people are ready for a change?" Um, and not make the excuse by that and be beholden to it, but actually change our approach too. And I think people are. It's just a matter of. How much are those taste buds changing? Um, the people that are coming to the liquor store. Like I was sitting in the, at Benny's today and watching the alcohol section, and the craft the craft side of the bourbon aisle is completely full. But you know, yeah. the, the beams are picked well, over. I guess, I guess it's a matter of just when will people be? I mean, when will you get tired of drinking the same six fucking bourbons? You know, four of which are from MGP. You dig what I'm saying? Again, with all due respect to those. You know, the Harrison. Oh, you know, but it's, you know, it's one of those things. I'm like, it's, it's, I guess it's habitual, you know, you just, you gravitate to that. And then, but when are we, you know, but the, but then the question is how many of us will still be standing in order to be there when these people that are so loyal to those six brands, you know, are ready for a change. Um, but at the same time, the mentality is, well, I'm not ready for a change because those are already those two, three year old, you know, whiskeys. And, you know, eh, I'm more of a five to seven year old, 112 proof, you know, drinking, you know, or, or, you know, guy or and or gal, you know, so it's just a matter of like, you know, uh, do we start, you know, putting age statements on like, I mean, we have to, like a lot of us have to, you know, to a certain degree, but, you know, are we having to change how it looks? just to gain that additional notoriety. Cause if we're not being able to really communicate it face to face, then they're just going to the shelves. How do we communicate that on shelves? I mean, shelf talkers, there's shelf talkers all fucking all over the place. And <laughs> he's not even fucking alone. You know what I'm right. saying? So it's like, all right. So that, I mean, that's the thing, but I'm curious about to hear about the online thing. Like how, how far do you go with the online presence? Because yeah, as a right. craft distiller, we're there just so that we can, hey, we're online if you want to know a little bit more about us. We're not going to give you everything, but just enough to pique your interest where at the end, maybe we add now a, a buy function. But then again, there's something that I don't know. You know? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Because the transparency um, story started maybe I think five, six years ago, not just in alcohol, but kind of mm-hmm. overall. People I can hear you. I got to separate yeah, uh, people want to know like where their milk is coming from, where their meat is coming from, like that. And that's probably been more of a ten-year-old thing. But in this industry, I would kind of go back to like five years ago when they were starting to read the light label and look for that transparency. And I mean, now you have master distillers going on Zooms all day, every day, talking about the brand, not revealing secrets, but definitely, hey Wilson, mute your uh, 
thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's having a conversation in the background, a little key uh, like exclusive. He's, so sorry. Uh, he's keeping people off the set. He's security. Right. Right. But it, it, it is interesting to see how all these brands have transitioned to like, Hey, we're going to get the important faces out there, which I think people have been asking for quite a bit, especially on social media with the rise in that of the whole bourbon community and the secondary market community that, you know, it's been recently shut down on the internet for the most part, but people are looking for those answers and that transparency and getting to know the actual people that make the whiskey. And it's definitely happening now. Well, and I think, you had a lot of those things happening. It's just you were in attendance. It was a dinner. You know, Craig Mex wasn't doing Bub City on Whiskey Wednesday. He was at <laughs> Bub City on a Wednesday. Right, right, um, right. So it was a smaller audience because it was a ticketed event or something like that. So they were happening. But once the tickets were sold, you didn't really have to promote it past then. Um, yeah. Where you, now those things are only like twenty-five people max anyway. Right now, you might right. get you're, you're getting forty or fifty maybe in, in on a Zoom. Um, which is a hell of a turnout for you know we did a master class over the weekend and had about 40 uh, which is a great thing for for right. a, a zoom um and you can do it more regularly but i think they were all happening before it's just you and i didn't know about them because unless unless you were in that near that store someone that was they were trying to get to buy a ticket to it didn't you weren't going on a win you know you had other things to do so now how many distillers have i seen talk a ton of them in 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 normal times i wouldn't have been available at six o'clock on a Wednesday to yeah. sit and, and engage. I wouldn't have spent no offense to, to these distillers, but I wouldn't have spent the 50 or $60 to go sit and, and watch Paul from few speak. I would just hang out with Paul from few next time I see Paul. Right. Yeah, you know, it, was, yeah. it was great to engage and, and watch him do his zooms and, and the bub city one was good. And I've seen him do a couple. He did one with Lucas liquors today out in Denver or the Denver area and great stuff, but I'm not the audience to attend, you know, and, and but I think that probably also has drawn in a lot more people. But, you know, to me, if you guys remember when I was talking about it today is our challenge being the, the price that we are, especially even on our entry level stuff. And then the, the esotericness or the difference to our brands was always bottle two. When we stand there and do a tasting, we mm-hmm. can all sell bottle one, right? Getting the first right. person that's interested. If they're trying it, they're probably not against spe- buying something different. And, and get them to buy bottle one. But now the challenge is flipped to how do we get them to buy bottle one? And, and that's the, that's the thing that I can't I can't quite figure out, you know. And, right. and, and I think doing these things help, and doing awareness, and just being active on social, but still asking someone for forty bucks. Yeah, right. And, and no, I've found that too, though. Yeah, I agree with you. Are you are I was thinking about this today too. Were you first of all to get to that? Were you seeing more people? getting that ball too, like during tastings before it's all shut down, like where people coming and saying like, Oh yeah, I don't second more. I'm getting my second. I'm getting a bottle. I'm buying a bottle today. We, no, I bottle one sold still. two or three bottles for him. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> That's the same for both of you guys. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, even back in my Wyoming days or even back in my, my IBHL days, bottle one for the right customer wasn't easy, but it wasn't hard, yeah. not hard. But when you're saying they're doing a demo and, and things like that and, um, we probably had a few more second bottle or maybe they went and they had bought signature and now they're going to try double Oak or they're going to try a different LTO or something like that. I still would, mm-hmm. I would say that we probably haven't penetrated to becoming as much people's go to, you know, especially yeah. in Chicago or out West, like as we need to be, um, you know, we're added to the collection and that's fine. The goal is to be is get two or three SKUs added to everybody's collection that has a collection because who else, you know, what other Maryland rise do you have? What other double Oak Maryland rise do you have? What other Calvados finished Maryland ride do you have? Probably yeah. none. 
So cool. It makes sense to to add you. So when Jake's over drinking, say, hey, have you tried this? Oh, no, I haven't tried that. Okay, now let's go to Kansas City. Have you tried this? Now, what high rise have you tried? What low rise have you tried? What what you know, weeders have you tried? Uh, but the challenge always, I, I I loved, and I'd never have come up with the answer to, is is getting them to come back and say, no matter what, I'm leaving here with a bottle of Sagmore today. Jake could be mm-hmm. tasting Starward, you know, Will could be tasting Union Horse, but and I might buy a bottle, but I am here with at least forty dollars committed to a bottle of Sagamore, and nothing that happens will change me leaving the store with one. And now yeah. we need to shift it to that first. You know, now it's the first. It, it's it's getting bottle one that without being able to do all the things that we've done for bottle one, which I guess we've already said, but yeah, well, right. no, you're right. But, and even now we're looking at, okay, how do we get in bottle one online? But when the doors do finally open back up, there's going to be a whole shift in people working at restaurants and bars. A lot of them are going to disappear. You'll never see them again. Um, sadly enough. And then a lot of them are going to be transitioning to new places because the, sh- the doors of their previous employer might have shut down forever, which is mm. a very realistic possibility. And they're going to new places and we have to reestablish those relationships. So again, with the on-premise people, it's almost like starting fresh. And for brands like us that are small and new to the Chicago market or whatever market we're entering, it's going to be a whole new restart. Yeah. I think, uh, about a year from now, some interior designer will come up with a new concept on how to lay out a restaurant or a bar that fits within all these guidelines and it'll catch on like wildfire. God, I, 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 I hope we're not living that way a year from now. I pray we're not. Oh man. But I, you're just going to, I mean, yeah, maybe I, I, hear, I hear you. I know why that was possible possibility, but God, I mean, if we're, I don't know. I, I feel I, like I have more, uh, I don't know. I feel like I have more um, enthusiasm for the American public and will not be, uh, if it's a year from now still doing this, be like, oh, no, fuck this. We're out of here. Like, <laughs> no, we're going gonna, gonna to sue our governments. We're going to be like, hey, we're going to open our doors. We're sick and tired of our bars and restaurants closing in our neighborhoods. We want that release. We want that outlet and we want that interaction with our community members. I, I, there's no, I mean, if, if we're living a year from now with some kind of quarantine rules, I, I would say a lot of people are going to be moving to, uh, a lot of people are moving to Texas and Florida. Yeah, I don't know. No, I don't necessarily mean quarantine rules. I just think social distant, less reasons to worry. Yeah. Right? Like, might not be sh- be able to be shoulder to shoulder to you five deep at, at a bar on a Saturday night. Yeah. For yeah. quite some time. I think someone's going to design a way to for a bar to be profitable in a safe manner where you can host a few other people that then could grow and convert as things loosen. And then something, and then it'll catch on and we'll start Mm -hmm. to see a lot of that replicated. I mean, at the same time, if you're an LLC restaurant and your lease is long, why not just go out of business right now? They can't, they can sue you for nothing because you got nothing. And then we can open up another one in Wilson's name and just reconcept down the street. And eventually people figure out it's the same thing. Um, So I think we'll see a lot of that. Yeah, I think you, I agree. Uh, we actually mentioned that, Jake, one of our podcasts in the past where we're going to have a lot of things, a lot of spaces, spaces now that are closing that perm- are just announcing we're permanently going to close that are going to, they're going to incubate into something different, as you mentioned, a different concept, you know, Brett, and then take it from there. So what about the idea of pop-ups, you know, mm. like yeah. pop-up Sagamore bars, pop-up, you know, Star Wars bars, pop-up Union Horse bars, like within set spaces. I mean, there's so many, I mean, I'm a little, I have to admit, I'm excited about this whole reset because as you mentioned, you know, interior designers, architects, whatnot, design as much as I love it, 
is going to become to the forefront because now we're going to look at process design. We're going to look at operations design. We're going to look at obviously, you know, sales design. We're going to look at design in a whole different, I mean, we're going to look at things and do things in such a different manner that it is really exciting to see or possibly or think about what that would or might look like, you know, shit, it may look like me not working anymore with Hearing Horse, but I might be having to find a job at one of these places. It may look just that dim, you know, it may may look that way. But it's it's still pretty exciting. You know, I also think there's going to be opportunities, especially in the short term, where, you know, you have vegetarian restaurants or you have restaurants where, you know, different themes, there's going to be, if you're nervous to go out, we're the place for you. I just saw one in Texas where (laughs) you, you order online. It's a three-course prefixed menu, um, three three pairings with wine. Uh, you pay, you do everything online, and all that happens is you sit down, they hand you your food, you don't interact, you don't touch a bill, you don't do anything. You eat and then you leave, and and you mm-hmm. don't touch your wallet. Ninety-nine bucks a person. Everything you know, no so, no no um, selections or anything. It's all laid out. It's but if you want to go out on a date night, and but you're a little tentative about the virus. That's a pretty cool opportunity. Now imagine for us switching that to a whiskey flight and it's, you know, barbecue, you know, maybe it's a barbecue sampler for two and two whiskey flights and it's, it's all set up. Is that opportunity in the short term? I don't know. Um, I think that eliminates our job a lot. Yeah. It doesn't help. I mean, it does, but I mean, these are things that, I mean, right now, the way right, right now I'm in talks with our distributors and other partners Hey, we obviously, we're kind of, we're heading into the sixth month of the year. Let's look at this from the uh, fiscal uh, perspective. I mean, we got to start thinking OND now, kind of, sort of, you know, in a sense. You know, we got to think recoup and then revitalize and then fucking, you know, rehash everything and then hit it. Because by the time this is all said and done, it'll be July, then it's August, and then, you know, it's... so. Is the conversation now or is the planning now for that, you know, with without the knowing what it will look like? Or is it something that we just go by, hey, as, as it changes, we'll change along with it. But are we in position to? I think we have to – you can't predict it, obviously, right now because – No, no, there's, 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 there's no predictions. No, no, no. I, I, no, I mean, is that we're – we're waiting on human beings to make decisions for us mm. and we're human beings and we're always changing our minds and opinions. And it mm. seems what the government is doing as well. Um, and putting these ambiguous <laughs> dates and arbitrary dates on things and then readjusting yeah. it at the last minute. Well, we don't know like what their agenda is. We can't really make up an agenda for us too, because bars and restaurants are in the dark as well. I mean, I know, um, sure. Our dear leader was meeting with an organi- with uh, leaders of the re- bars and restaurant coalitions today to hopefully solve something nationally, and I give him a lot of respect for that because it's a huge thing where we're talking about you know uh, like I think it's 11 million jobs when it comes to bars and restaurants mm-hmm. inside and in, in independent bars and restaurants. Um, right. U.S. right there. That's a that's a large that's a pretty good percentage of the population right there. When you start looking at it and how people are feeding their families and you know, just making something of themselves too. I mean, people can say, yeah, I'm making more money on unemployment, you know, pre tips right now, but where's your ambition to do something better for yourself and to get out of bed every single day. If that's what you're going to, if you're going to rest your, you know, like all of your, uh, yeah, put through all, let's say put all your chips on the table that way. 
it's not going to be there forever. The money from the government's not going to stay there forever. Uh, eventually got to do something with your life. But I think when it comes back to your original question is we have to just wait and see what bars and restaurants are going to be c- capable of and which ones are going to be open too. I mean, we were talking about the other night, the wife and I about the first place you want to go to when things open back up. And I'm, and I was kind of talking about something. I'm, I'm not even sure which bar or restaurant I said, and she goes, I want to go somewhere with a rooftop. And I'm like, all right, Fountainhead, like the obvious choice, you know, like open mm-hmm. spaces, pretty spread out, great, great um, list of beers and whiskeys and cocktails and things like that in a neighborhood. Then you're like, well, what if like the top can't open right away? What if they don't have the capacity for it? What if they aren't allowed to do it? What if like the government says like you can only open your regular restaurant or something? We don't know. We just we have no idea what yeah. the government's thinking. Um, but I like your idea of possibly with a pop up. Pop ups are big, you know, th- three four years ago, and it faded away. But it gives us. And I think we talked about that when you first took the job with the Union Horse. I'm like I would start a Union Horse bar or something. I can't remember what I said to you. Yeah, we, but, but uh, we we we've been talking about something of, of, of concepts of that nature back in our days at Cobalt together. True. You know, the van. You know, so it's just it's just. <laughs> It's the same. I mean, it's the same idea. It's just, again, right. with uh, after you have to tweak it, you have to find that pivot to where how it could not possibly work. You I know? think so I come just, with ideas. New ideas are always the best thing to do. Just keep thinking of new ideas. Like, because each yeah. day I change. My, my coworker in New York and I were talking about this today. We're like, why are we doing what we're doing today when tomorrow doesn't know what's going what's gonna to happen? But at least you, like, you build that project and finish that project yeah. so you can feel yeah. accomplished and have that self-worth while as the next exactly. day might change and it might be meaningless or obsolete at least at the same time you still did that and it gives you like the pursuit of uh finishing something yeah yeah and and i think you know that's what was that quote Lindsay? that i think it's it was you either, a, uh, <laughs> i was gonna look that up see if they were open during this yeah, yeah. Was, uh, i'm gonna take a trip out there i was open baby john john krasinski you know how he does some good news yeah. And then uh, I think uh, like last week was the graduation episode and he had like s- some really standout students. And then he actually brought on like celebrities and whatnot to answer their, their graduation question, you know, like what's mm. next conversation. Com- commencement conversation was called, but what was the quote that about it was stopped finishing and start completing or stop completing or who said that? John Stewart, yeah, John Stewart was on there. I'll look it up while we continue the conversation, and I'll share with him when, when, once we find it. But, I mean, it really struck a chord with me. Mind you, I graduated high school back a long fucking time ago in 91, so it's like, you know, what the... I mean, but when he said it, it was just like... I was like, fuck. I was like, let's get on this shit, you know? Here we are planning for, what am I going to do this week? I'm like, this week's fucked. <laughs> this week... This week is the same as it was last week, as it was the week before, as the week before. And I mean, all the way back to St. Patty's Day weekend. It's been the same shit, you know? So I'm like, fuck this. Let's start doing some shit that we can maybe put into play or have a conversation to see. I mean, well, hey, what would this look like? Because like even with I mentioned, you know, talking with my distributors or our distributors, I was like, hey are we talking about when we come back online, how we're going to approach this? Because those big guys are going to throw a shit ton of money at this. They're going to throw a yeah. shit ton of money at this. And then what little slivers is to go back and to point out what, you know, 60% of my business was on prep. Mm-hmm. You know, how do yeah. I get at least, how do I get at least 50 to 60% of that percentage back? Right. You dig? 
Yeah. Oh, no, especially too when you know you see these companies throwing money um, at the USPG and other uh, COVID operations to support people. It's like well, if yeah. they have the, if they have the money to do that now, like what's going to happen with their marketing plans when they've already like slashed some positions and you know have more money to spend. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, a lot of you know. Then even as individuals, we ha- we have money. We have more money in our pocket now because we're not going out. You know, we're not we're not at bars. We're not at restaurants as often. You know, um, oh, yeah. we're not spend. We're not driving anywhere. You know, we're not traveling anywhere. You know, so you know whether it be houses or anything like that. Yeah, we're not doing anything of that nature. You know, I mean, but it, it, it's, <laughs> so I might have just like, bought a house today. <laughs> he got it on short sales. Great. Congrats. I hope it's in Oswego. It is right next door. <laughs> that was a surprise. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Should see the garage of booze I have. We'll have a lot of fun. I'll bring my <laughs> collection too. Yeah. It's, oh, so Lindsay said, so the quote was like, stop completing and stop, you know, in, in high school, you complete things and projects, mm-hmm. you know, to get your grade. But now we're heading into a, a way of life with all said, with all this that once it comes back online, even if it doesn't, to what we knew it as before, now we got to start doing. Yeah, you know, so let's yeah. stop completing. Let's start doing. You know, start living and start doing. I mean, it's like fuck. Let's get this going. You right. Know? No, I, th- I think we've had some pretty negative and um, pessimistic conversations about the future of craft distilling. Um, what the numbers could be like. I mean, but we it's also like there's a lot of optimism. Yeah, there's a lot of optimism there, too, because we are people and we're companies that are adjusting with the times versus companies that have failed in the past. You know, like, I, it, you know, I, I hate to say it, but like mom and pop shops that are getting eaten up by Amazon. Well, this company went and just made it a completely online portal for everybody to be, you know, to live their life easily and enhance to them or adapt to them to make living just too easy, I guess, if you will. And a lot of companies just didn't even have websites. They didn't have anything to do. They didn't know what to do. They didn't invest for the future. They inve- they only invested in the now, which the now could have been 35 years ago. Mm-hmm. And distilleries, craft distilleries, for the most part, aren't like that. The good ones aren't, I should say, um, where people are evolving. People have built these these places where you like command attention where enough people travel across the country and make them destination spots, you know, like both of your distilleries and my distillery too. It's like, it's a place to go visit the place to hang out, the place to have your wedding, to have a birthday party. Oh yeah. And it's also a good place to get some good whiskey. Yeah. But I think, you know, also in that, when we plan these, you know, location, 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 number one thing in fucking real estate, right? You know, it's like the Willis tower. I you know I think you got to make some assumptions I think you know I've got several different versions of an h2 plan um, and what I might what levers I'll pull and what levers I won't I think you know being our size too is the dollars we do spend on a to-go vessel or on a vap or on anything else is Jake D robes for us there um, just some sauce. Is, is you know we got to make sure the bang's worth the buck. We can't shoot and miss too often. Um, you know, couldn't, couldn't shoot and miss back then. Definitely can't shoot and miss now. Um, but, but we got to shoot some shots and, and are you going to kind of uh, quiet your footprint when it comes to, well, they're probably not going to happen, but the national events, I know you and I do a lot of the same national events. Like we're kind of thinking like, like, Hey, are they even going to be, they're probably not going to happen for the most part, but B it's like, 
really what is it kind of going to do for us overall as we kind of get back into this whole uh, you know style of people probably still be eating and drinking at home quite a bit throughout the rest of the year, regardless yeah, of the opening. I mean, we're still committed to some, and I think there's others that have been canceled, and then there's some that have been in the middle where they keep getting kicked down the road. At some point, it's going to be, all right, am I going? You know, are we doing this or are we not? Um, right. And I, you know, and then I think, you know, if we come out of this sooner than later, at some point, I'm going to figure out how to be at three spots on the same Friday night because you, you can't, you know. They're, everyone's going to try to be fitting. December 11th is already Chicago Whiskey Fest, and then the Big Chill or whatever the one in St. Louis is called. Yeah. Um, big whiskey tasting down there or something like the big chill or something like that. And, you know, you still have to have, uh, the, what's the event in Minnesota whiskey on ice. You know, he's got a date for that, but you know, we're going to try to put how many whiskeys of the world into, into four months, right. how many whiskey fests into, into four months. So how many, you know, tales of the cocktails, obviously a different version this year, but you have bourbon fest from March that, you know, is a charity operation that they're going to want to bring back. Um, but when, so, yeah, we'll still do some. I mean, we'll still and again that if regular tastings, you know, do you see Benny's doing more than a one brand tasting, if any, uh, in 2020? And if so, yeah. I I don't I I can't imagine our brands are going to get the call. Oh, they will. Um, oh, they will. So. <laughs> like sure. I don't. Yeah, I have a feeling there's there's many others bigger you know bigger companies with bigger budgets that are going to eat that deal you know or make those things happen. Like I said, yeah, like I said. There is going to be a shit ton of money being thrown at this once we come back. And we're kind of going to be like, as we are right now, sitting on a shelf, you know, put to the wayside. You dig? Yep. You know, it's just like, so how do we recoup that? Yeah, I think, you know, I think Jake's in a great spot. I think a lot of what you're doing, you know, in these Zooms and things, educate. And yeah. if we're educate, we're persistent, we're patient, and we, and we keep fighting the good fight and are out there evolving, we'll find we aren't going to hit our goals. I'm sure there's going to be a step back, but we should be able to yeah. find what, what we're trying to find. And, you know, it's, we've got good juice and good stories and um, there's plenty of people that are sitting at home, you know, and, and haven't yeah. seen it. Haven't, haven't been to a store in since March. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been mm-hmm. to quite a few, a uh, safe and mask on and all that stuff. Um, but I'm out there, you know, and then when I'm not out there, you're working the phone and the Instagram or whatever it might be. And it hasn't led to the cases that, that it usually <laughs> would. <laughs> sure. But I've gotten not. some, yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I feel terrible that, that I think there's going to be some brands that won't make it through this. And, but, yeah. um, how many of those people are also, you know, just what was me and, and sitting at home and not trying to, to make the most of it. And right. Right. I mean, it, it could be any, it doesn't even just have to be us. It could be the local, you know, the local pizza place or whatever. And, um, yeah, I, hopefully it, it, it sets us up that we can evolve and find our, our niche in the next version of reality and, and succeed and then get back to normal. Uh, um, so. Just it sucks that, you know, we could write up a plan all day long and then uh, some law will come out and we have to tear it up and start over. But I'd rather write a different plan every day to have something to execute against and to direct my team to go out and execute versus just, oh, uh, it's another day. Uh, Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, you, yeah. I agree. Because misery loves company, and people that are sitting there watching the news and learning and thinking like the whole world's gonna like end and living in fear and not moving on. That's that's what's gonna happen to them personally. That's gonna happen to the companies that are doing that too. Whereas as yeah. long as if you keep building ideas and building, like you finished what you started, that's something to lead into and in, into the future. At least it has like that. You have that motivation there. Like the biggest thing I took away from the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, the Bulls documentary. Excuse me, um, right. was that. To be perfect, to be excellent is, it's almost unachievable. He 
killed himself mentally to do that more physically than mentally was the biggest thing I took away from it is that he can't turn, he can never turn it off. And there's only certain, certain number of people like that. I'm sure like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are like that when it comes to their individual businesses too. And the reason why people that succeed like that is because they're just so driven. You don't have to be like a crazy psychopath where you're holding grudges 22 years later. You know, making oh, things up. <laughs> yeah, making things up to you know, score 37 points in a basketball game. But you do see how Michael Jordan did. Um, he evolved over the future. He's talked about in this last episode. Sorry, Wilson. Just about how the 98 finals was where his like masterpiece came together because he put his mind together with his body because he couldn't rely on his body physically, how gifted he was when he was 27 years old versus being 35. And he put it in this, he watched the minutes of the game. He knew he was going to get every shot. He knew he was going to play the entire game and that game six, but he had to think about it long-term um, how his body would react over time. And that's, I mean, having a plan, having a plan is great. And then guess what? Things, things change and you have to adapt and fly. I mean, yeah, that's exactly yeah, what war is too. And that's what, a, that's what sport yeah, is like. I mean, and this is kind of a sport. We're going to see what brands yeah. survive. What's yeah, kind of, the, I mean, it's a, a kind of sadistic way of looking at it, looking at it, but it's true. But it's, no, you're absolutely so, true. We all have a plan until you get punched right. in the fucking mouth. And then, well, there you go. I, I think the phrase, and don't say it to your wife, cause I've done that before and it doesn't go well, but you know, <laughs> man makes plans and God laughs. So, Hell yeah, I love that. Don't Great. use that when you're like three hours late to be home. It doesn't work, but it's still a pretty good phrase. God makes plans, and then my Scottish friend got me drunk. No, man makes plans. God laughs. Oh, no, God makes plans too for me. The person that told me to say that, I, in retrospect, I should not have listened to, but it, just, it made sense at the time. So. But one could oh. counter with a different quote <laughs> that actually builds on top of that. So, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's, you're right. It's, we, we I, mean, I mean, ultimately uh, as uh, individuals, if you, if you go through, we go through this with the right attitude, right. get up every day, get dressed, write out what you have to do, do it, get healthy, whatever it is. And, we'll be better on the other side of this one way or the yes, other. Sir. I mean, uh, you have to be, um, yeah. or choose to be, or else you're not going to be, but, uh, you know, I'm going to choose to be. And, um, hopefully I never have to go through anything like this again in my career, but hopefully, you know, I'm going to take some things away from it that I would be able to implement, you know, for the next 25 years and, yeah. and make me a better salesperson, a better director, a better leader. Um, you know, be able to, to, better my skill set having gone through this and, 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 you know, I don't know, I'd rather look at a class half full than this sucks. And, <laughs> I, you know, what? I, we agree talking- with, I, I love just the fact that there's something in the fucking glass. Mm-hmm. Thumbs up, man. I'm good. And Brett, but we were I'm talking, kidding. gosh, probably a month ago on the phone, uh, about how if these laws pass, like a uh, console to go, for example, those could be on the books for the next year. Like they're not going to go away. So when the bars, restaurants do open back up and people might be a little tentative to go back out, at least at like full capacity of the bars and restaurants to be able to hold. There we go. It's another option to have. It's another way of get to your customers that way. It's not just relying on them coming into the bar, but you can take the bar to them still while the bar is open. Yeah. Yep. You know, these, these old cocktail kits are great and all that, but I mean, that's quite pricey to go home and fuck a cocktail up. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. That's a good point. I never thought of that. Shh. Edit it out. I'm gonna get our producer to edit it out. Thank you. I mean, think about. It. I mean, it's. I was like, yeah, but 
they're cute. I love it, but they're gonna go home. They're gonna fuck that up pretty bad, and they just spent all that money, you know. Now they gotta go back tomorrow. Make it for them to pick up more, you know. I don't. I don't know how you make it for them. How would you? I don't know how you actually how you'd actually communicate it, but maybe the new tasting is, you know, tasting at an in-home party for an hour. You know, not necessarily bartending, but in-home entertainment's gonna go through the roof here. It's already starting. It's gonna skyrocket. Instead of standing at a, is brought to you by Amazon and Netflix. Thank you. <laughs> but I mean, instead of standing at a Benny's for three hours, you go stand at someone who's having 15 people over on a Friday night and next to their grill and, and pour the lineup. I, yeah, I'd be open for, I mean, shit, we've all, I mean, this is something that we, you know, I, I always say, and I, Jake always, probably already knows what I'm going to say, but the new on-premise is the whole bar. Mm-hmm. It's it's going back to that. It's not saying this is a whole new idea. This is, we're just going back to that home cocktail hours, home cocktail um, dinners, and so on and so forth. But one thing that I was also, you know, contemplating and bouncing around along with the pop up ideas is like, why can't we do tastings outside? What do you mean? Like when these, I don't know, like these spaces that are going oh, on. Oh, I see. What you're saying. Like patios and shit. Oh, I mean, people yeah. like. Well, like the Warbler is uh, is, a, is a place right. that I constantly see, and I'm like, and I love their patio. It's just so their cool. Patio. I'm like, what? Why can't I just set up fucking shop here and do a tasting? You know what I'm saying? Are those logs? I'm outside. That's a good oh, thought. You know? Tie it, tie it in with the local retailer for something. Tie it in, yeah. Tie it off with, with you know with bottles and cans down the street, or with bitter pops, or you know. Uh, you got Cardinal liquor down on the opposite direction or, you know, it's just like, yeah. fuck, you dig, you know, it's like, why can't I use those outdoor spaces? Would it be one of those things though? You had to have like a coupon, a physical coupon to give them say like, Hey, go down the whatever liquor store down the street. Hey, I'll fucking print anything you fucking know want me to do. I just want and get in front of people and get this. Well, stuff. what I mean is like, or it doesn't even sell. necessarily have to be a couple. You can, you, know, you can make it, you can make it an event. Right. Well, I've done that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you can make it in an event, but when we're using your outdoor patio space, bro, you know, I mean, you guys are doing to to go or the takeouts and all that shit, or if you're running at one third capacity, you know, I'll just take this little space back here and anyone that's inside wants to come after dinner and have a taste of what we got. I'll be there. I did that in California um, in February, actually, at a bar. There you go. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I don't know what it would look like. like Cocktail menu. Yeah. Where was well, that at, Jake? I'm, I'm not sure if I should say legally. Oh, uh, what part? What city? <laughs> South of LA. South Central? Right. No, uh, Long Beach. Okay, not where I was thinking. Never mind. Long Beach. We, did, we, did, oh, we were throwing a party and we had a cocktail menu, and I just was like, hey, can I do some samples too? And they still did great sales, and I sampled out maybe like half a bottle maybe of each twofold nova and that way just kind of like started tasting stuff and people like oh it's really good i'm like can i buy you a full drink or like please have it in a cocktail you know just kind of get the brand out there a little bit more so it could be done sure as long as the bar is cool with it because there there's a chance they could lose money because they're just gonna people are gonna come in and only taste your stuff and not actually buy anything from the bar well well, like i said you can tie it to where where it's mutually beneficial you know i one thing well, I would have really once a week at Delilah's. There you go. I mean, there's always somebody yeah. doing tasting up there. Or yeah, something. I mean, but but usually when someone people who 
let's be honest. When people go to Delilah's, they go to drink whiskey, have a couple pop, you know, have a couple pops with them, hang out, maybe talk with Mike or just bullshit. And there happens to be a tasting that he always, he's always good about wrangling some people up. Hey, go upstairs. It's fucking whiskey taste. Hey, go upstairs. Go up. It's more Mike than anything. You know what I'm sure. saying? So, and that's what I'm saying. I'm like kind of taking, you know, make becoming Mike in a sense. I'm like, Hey, when you're done with dinner, there's a real nice hour tasting out back if you want to join in or whatever may be the case or make it like while they're waiting for their seating, if again, because we don't know what it's all going to look like. Why don't you take, you know, why don't you take part in this tasting back here? But I think it's great. You did? Uh, I think if you ask Mike why he does that, his motivation would be education and to showcase whiskey, not sales, right? No, 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 no. This is all education. This is, I'm not looking for you to to buy my cocktail all night. Now, if you want to go ahead, please do so. But this is, and that's why I said we all become Mike because he's always been very good about that. You know, his, right. his staff is all, we know that we've seen it. He's, he said, he says it. I'm my staff does this. They educate, they each get a book upon signing on. They, they study that shit. He brings in people. I mean, at, I mean, he's, he's good at that. He's good at educating. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, just educate again. It's just another way to get our words through some, someone else's into someone else's ears out of their mouth. You know, dig what I'm saying? So it's like we're just trying to build a little bit more um, than just hoping to be listed on a menu. Hoping is a key word there. Hey, you dig what I'm, I'm like? No, I'm bringing it in. I'm just, just, just want to be part of your experience. And I, think you're build, I think you're building marketing plans for other people right now. <laughs> I'm also curious to see what this does to the grocery mix because so much of the increase in sales right now is in one fives and in grocery. And none of us are in grocery, right? But there are some smaller brands that are in grocery. I was yeah. talking to some friends at Samson Surrey, you know, that are selling through because they're mm-hmm. in the right spots where people are. So now when they go to do resets in a year, maybe two, whatever it ends up being. But are they going to look at, wow, we sold a lot of bourbon between 35 and $50. Let's add five more, 10 more mm-hmm. because, and not, you know, how do they factor that in slash also does, you know, my wife, my buddy's wife bought him a bottle of few bourbon the other day at, at a grocery store for his birthday. She didn't make a special trip. She just thought it looked cool. Cause it was one of the more ones that stood out at the store. She was at does now, does that buyer, start buying you know do do you start does that shopper start buying more stuff there and stop the specialty trip to to certain stores i I mean i i think i just think of who that buyer is though i mean this is this is gonna sound really fucking bad but this was uh someone's wife who happens to be at the grocery store maybe picking up something they needed for dinner thought about her you know her husband and her boyfriend and her you know whoever i was like oh he likes bourbon Fuck it. You know, it's, it's 30 bucks, $39. Fuck it. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's even right now, back to, to grocery stores. That was the game. Once this all happened, everyone started hitting the fucking grocery stores. We all started inundating. I mean, they, and then they became it. So what resets were about, were going to into effect now are now put on hold now, because those buyers need to keep up with their day-to-day shit. And they've got now an additional, twice maybe three times as more opportunities or presentations or, or tastings or whatever the fuck you know that they have to review or want to look at you know so now all those are on hold you know and you're right maybe it may not be reset for another year you know so once that was the game that was the hot game at the beginning now it's like do with what you can with what you got you but know? will these yeah. will these sales numbers help our chances because they'll help the mix would that person have not bought makers mark they would have bought union absolutely. horse Yes, it's something I, new and different. I don't know. Right. Yeah, you know, just something 
which is, but that's why the pricing, one of the things I learned a lot from, from you, Brett, is pricing and how it, how it can make or break you. And that's when that information or that what I learned from you, I put that into play. I was like, we got to get aggressive here then, if that's the case. Because if they are selling a shit ton between 30 to 45 or 49.99, we are right there. So yep. let's make it sweeter and let's throw in a couple little, t- you know, extra cubes of sugar and like, let's make this kissable. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, yep. I, I absolutely. Yes. Because I, there's, there's so much more. You, also you, prob- don't, you don't want to make multiple trips anymore. You want to make right. the one stop. Now. So right. that's a good point. It's a good point. The only problem is that all those places, they plan out nine to 12 months in advance what they're going to do for buying. Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. But those plans are now, you know, because they're now inundated. It's just like, you know, it's something like this that then changes habits. You know, it's something that, or changes what you were, your, were your habits, which would maybe instill new habits where all of a sudden I was a guy who went to, you know, said grocery store always poo-pooed the liquor selection. Didn't even notice they added 10, 10 <laughs> lines of uh, bourbon and five mezcals. So then I went down to my independent store. And now because of this, I quit going to my independent store. Pay, mm. actually walked into my supermarket that I can't stand liquor selection and saw, oh, wow, I didn't know they carried this, that, and this. Bought it because of the, you know one stop. And now all of a sudden, I haven't been to that independent store in six months or since March because I'm doing fine with what, I'm buying at supermarket and now a year from now, there's another 10 whiskey, you know, and they, next thing you know, I'm, I'm fine here for, for the rest yeah. of my needs. I don't, it'll just, I mean, we could speculate all day long, but it, yeah. it'll be curious to see what, what those shelves look like. I mean, I think another thing going to your outdoor tastings is I'd love to see more outdoor open container laws where, you know, take mm-hmm. a, take like around a ballpark and just close off some streets and look, if you leave or, or enter, these right. barriers, you're you're an idiot and you're in trouble. But otherwise, to get economy going, to to get people to stay in neighborhoods, you can buy a drink at you know at a Turtles and then walk your way to the ballpark, walk your way back to to three. You know what's the other bar that's used to be Jimbo's, um, but I have the other one I don't recognize their existence. So Cork and Carry, um, oh, okay. But more like a Wrigleyville thing, but like but in neighborhoods, you know, where it's like, hey, look, you can walk through here on a random summer day because it's or like a neighborhood block party, but more often just to get people out and about and then they're not going to be inside, but it's a safe way for them to, to lie and buy in, in the neighborhood and, and spend some money. It's actually, it's kind of bribing them to go outside. Hey, you can take your beer. <laughs> right. Right. It's a true extension of the, of your living room too. I mean, that's what we talk about a lot. Yeah. I mean, oh, definitely. You know, and it doesn't necessarily work in, in every neighborhood, but you got like downtown Geneva, downtown Elgin, downtown Oswego has only got a few spots, but these smaller downtowns where you could pretty much limit traffic to some parking garages or a good point. block or two, yeah. open it up and there's checkpoints, Lena. you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, like, or even from like, yeah, from like Belmont to Wellington down Broadway, we have like six bars, eight bars you could hit up and just walk down Broadway. And if you go left or right, you're just in the neighborhood. You're just going into like into residential areas. Going home, two to eight o'clock on Saturdays for Fridays and Saturdays for the rest of the year. I must say, I did follow a guy out of Mariano's the other day that was carrying a glass of wine in a in a a wine. No, where I don't know where he's coming from. Was it Mariano's? No, somewhere near Mariano's. But he was carrying a glass, an actual glass of wine, in a glass container for about four blocks, and we followed him. He was wasted. 
and he's stumbling <laughs> around sloshing the sloshing the glass around but god damn it he made it home after about a four block walk and didn't spill any wine didn't drop the glass couldn't believe it amazing man <laughs> that that sounded creepy to begin with <laughs> yeah yeah i like following it, 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 it does i mean that's, a good, that's an interesting point to have a potential of that and make, you know, your small little neighborhoods, which are neighborhoods that build up this community here anyway, to have uh, basically kind of like a little bourbon streets here and there. I think yeah. some of that will come out of necessity. You know, once some of this dust settles, oh, thanks, where's your beads? Um, <laughs> I think some of this will come out of necessity. As the dust starts to settle and we start to realize, like, operating at 25% capacity is a joke and, you know, incredibly difficult to survive at, so forth and so on. Nobody will open. Know, Right. Some aldermen and, and in other cities, whatever they're called, you know, are going to realize I'd rather have people on my streets spending money than nobody on our streets and things boarded yeah. up. And and again, right. goes back to where would never get through for years and years and years. But all of a sudden it takes something like this. And OK, yep. now it's a new makes sense. You know, optics, yeah. optics will be a, will play very loudly when it comes to uh local governments if they see boarded up windows and doors like that in their neighborhoods and it is a detractor by completely just visual outlook they'll change it well and the other thing oh sorry a lot of people want to go out oh there's a lot of people are willing to go out which people i think definitely are if it's constant as any sort of testing site for it (laughs) yeah well and i think the other thing with these you know i'm still surprised illinois hasn't gotten the cocktails through i'd love to know (sighs) Right. I'd love to know the underlying reasons behind that that we aren't privy to, but we also need to pray and, and hope that nobody's an idiot when it comes to that because you're one guy hitting a pole with his cocktail to go. Maybe if he was already drunk and he's yeah. even drinking it, right. but you know, spilling all over him from that thing going away but I, across I guess the country. We're going to edit that part out, producer. <laughs> in, re- in regards to those cocktails to go, I've been trying to do as much as possible with that with Julia and I guess I'm I'm afraid of the ex, the additional expense mm-hmm. um, that you could incur, and then that to go cocktail is not going to be twelve dollars. It's going to be fifteen to twenty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, because now we don't know what containers they're going to want. See, I mean, you touched on this earlier, Brett. You know, it's just like I, I love the idea because I I want I want as many people as possible to be online when we come back especially those that we, we we loved and those that were coming and regretfully had to hold back. You know, it's just, and we have so many up and coming um, places and I'm afraid that maybe the cost of doing it won't align well with what we're willing to spend. Right. And I, well, and I don't think it's a, I don't think it works for everybody. You know, I, right. I think there's some that you would pay. I mean, think about it. Now there's places you pay $18 for a drink and then there's places that you pay eight. And the one where you pay eighteen, you're willing to maybe, maybe the first time you didn't know, sure. but there's Absolutely. there's places Absolutely. we've all been to more than once that we have spent, um, you know, more than we would normally spend, but they've earned it, um, or it's a spot that you want to be at to try it. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think personally the cocktail kits and the cocktails to go are, are short term as it goes anyway. So let let's try it. Let's do it safely. Yeah. If that keeps yeah. somebody afloat till we're till we're at twenty five fifty percent capacity as long as it's safely done yeah. I, again I, I feel there's reasons we're not allowed to d- that you know somebody's not telling us <laughs> yeah, yeah um, there's there's a lot of underlying Correct. i'm sure there's a lot of clothes there's i mean there's there's clothes there's it's Illinois, to be a fly on the wall to, yeah, yeah to be a fly on that wall yeah somebody's getting 
an advantage on one side of it. And obviously yeah. we can tell which one for right now, who knows, who yeah. knows what, but you know, yeah. um, but I mean, it's, it's definitely not a long-term solution. I don't think. No, no. I don't see it as long-term. It's, I mean, I look at it as the RTD, you know, now, you know, now they're popular because it's just easy crack. It's already done for me. Fuck it. I don't have to fuck with it. You know, pay $12 for the four pack or 12, six pack. Now put it on ice. Maybe dilute a little because to my liking with some shit I have at home already, but it's easy. It's just easy, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah it'll be interesting. Like wine to go has been legal in this state for, I think over 10 years as a, someone who owns a couple of domain names related to the wine plastic bags. Um, <laughs> and I, because I thought it was going to catch on. I have an uncle in plastics. So we bought some domain names that, uh, that we thought, Absolutely. but I'm still, still educating people to be like, Why'd you buy a glass of wine? Buy the bottle. Well, I don't want all that. You could take it home. Like the yeah. glass price is what they paid for the bottle. Yeah. You're going to have more than a glass and a half and you're going to drink it at some point in the next 48 hours. Buy the bottle and take it home. That's Otherwise, don't wine. drink wine. That's almost yeah. every state in the union has some version of wine to go now. Right. It might be 48, but it's pretty close. Well, I think there's <laughs> one thing we've kind of harped on in this podcast is that it's not going to be easy and you have to keep readjusting and people that are, just want the easiness to it. They're, they're not going to last even when it comes to the, you know, the consumers, the easiness is it's there, but when are you going to say, you know what? I want to have some interaction with some people at a bar, hang out with people, hang out with my bartenders, hang out with, uh, you know, a group of folks and not just go there and buy a can from your liquor store of vodka, seltzer, whatever, even though I had some Trulies this weekend and they're delicious. <laughs> <laughs> refreshing um but uh brett i appreciate you right. coming on um always great to speak with you uh yeah, you guys. To, we should do it instagram yeah, live about this too this be. week uh be good to have that we've been trying to get that together as well um and for anything else you want to put out there about sagamore uh no just pay attention to my uh i guess instagram which is at double b 72 the word double letter b number seven and two um and at sagamore spirit we've got a few things um different zooms and things coming up. And uh, if you're out and about, or if you're a transplant from Maryland and you see us on the shelf, do us a favor, grab a bottle, any questions or anything educationally that I can provide, feel free to reach out and uh, appreciate the support to this point. Yeah. Free of charge. This, this uh, podcast is brought to you by Sagamore spirit, the one and only Maryland. Ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, quick side note, I'd reach out to try to do some things with some people. Right. I can't believe some of the, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you. Just XYZ. Yeah. like, wait, what? Wait, you want me to pay you what to have seven people join a Zoom? <laughs> I know we don't have a very big, a very big podcast, but I was thinking about it the last couple of weeks. And I'm not sure why we don't do this, but if there are any brands or any distilleries that want to like us to sponsor you for free per episode, we'll definitely do that. Just <laughs> send us your information and we'll read you their car. We'll read you your information and say this, this uh, podcast is sponsored by you at the beginning and end of the podcast all for free because Wilson loves whiskey. I, I want a Wilson segment. So give me a marquee you know, title segment, <laughs> like at the 14 minute mark of every episode. You know, a little intro, and it's time for Wilson's Wonder or something sponsored Wilson's by. Quarter. You figure it out. Send me a proposal on what the, the what the key segment will be, and and I'll sponsor that one. Waxing yeah, with fifteen minutes stop. Yeah, just fifteen minutes stop at Wilson Station. I dig it. Oh, I like that. 
Well, uh, appreciate you and Sagamore as always coming on the podcast and supporting us from day one. Yeah, man. Thanks. You're one of the first people that reach out to us and ask if you could come on the podcast and talk about your whiskey. And I said, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> who do I owe for the kind words? Matt Brown or Carly? Yeah, Katz? I think it was Matt Brown. <laughs> <laughs> where, where am I sending checks? <laughs> shout out. Hey, shout out to Carly and Battles and Cans, man. They are they're ripping through some our stuff. Um, I really appreciate it over there. If you haven't been by, go buy Carly bottles and cans out in uh, uh, Lincoln Avenue on the north side, man. They've been they're they're ripping it up, man. They're doing really really well. I've been watching your bottle on the on the pictures. It's up to the top left part. It looks like one went down the other day. <laughs> one went down, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. someone bought a union horse. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I keep I'm not looking in at there, it. So like, don't uh, worry about that. <laughs> Um, the longest goodbye ever, but it is longest. Appreciate yeah, it. I want to close the show. Um, I was going to see you be. Hey, anything spoken uh, on lately? Anything new? Oh uh, no, you know I've kind of been. You know I had something new the other day, but I failed to write it down, and and I had learned yeah. an app, and I failed to download it. But I've just been in Rocky yeah. Patel world. Okay. Th- those uh, the white labeled Rocky Patels. I can't even remember the name of it. Has been. Um, it's just it's just hits the hits the spot. But I was off for a couple months, so. Um, I'm, I'm coming I, back with a vengeance. We'll see. I'll keep I, you posted. Yeah, please do. Yeah. Cause I remember you mentioned it. So I, I really want to take advantage of that opportunity to do that with you. So we'll do yeah, that. That'd be fun. Jake, always love seeing your face. Jacob, you're a beautiful man. I love you. You're my brother. From another mother for Wilson Torres, <laughs> three, one, two made of union horse distilling, Brett Bauer, a second more spirit and myself, Jacob, Andrew hooky, the third minus the third of star Ward <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> Stop posting guns and whiskey photos together out there, people. Make the world a better place. That's what I'll have to say to you on this one. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.